Salvation, listening to her father's lawyer in the man's Chicago office, as if God had taken pity on her in her misery and prepared a place for her. She had been penniless, untrained for any kind of employment in business or in a profession, shocked to numb thoughtlessness by the suddenness of her father's suicide. She could forgive him his business failure, but not the act of taking his own life. I sent for you, the lawyer said, because I may have found a solution for you. I have a client in Goldfield, a man who lost his wife six months ago. He has two small children, a boy a little over seven, a girl a year younger. He has a housekeeper, but he wants a governess to teach them, give them a background in keeping with their financial status. Where is Goldfield? I've never heard of it. In Nevada. It's a new mining town and very rich from all reports. He will pay you $150 a month and your living. The lawyer was an old man with thin white hair and a pink scalp shining through. He had known her all of her life and was concerned for her. Now he was proud of the way she straightened, accepting the suggestion. Fortunes are being made there, he encouraged. Amos Frost, my client, is an assayer and very wealthy. He took a million dollars from a mine in Tombstone. He was silent for a moment, considering how to phrase what he wanted to say next, and decided on bluntness. You are a very attractive young woman, my dear, and I understand that there are not enough ladies in that country. His meaning was clear enough that her cheeks colored. She did not argue aloud, but her chin lifted proudly. She would not go shopping for a husband because of money. She would go to build her own new life. But after nearly two days in the agony of the coach, she was not as confident that she could survive in this raw land at all. The first day had been bad enough, and the night in the thin-walled hotel room in Tonopah was terrifying. Today was even worse. With the heat and the sour dust, she could barely breathe. And the man crowded next to her on the seat was drunk. He had been drunk when he had climbed aboard at Tonopah, the fumes of whiskey surrounding him like an aura. And if there had been any way she could have moved, she would have done so. But there was no place to go. The man on her left was already asleep, and the drunken one began to snore before the coach was a hundred yards from the station. As long as he slept, she supposed that she could bear it. Still, she looked hopefully at the three figures facing her. The man directly across was white-haired, although he did not appear old. His eyes, a remote shadowed blue, looked not at her, but through her. Through the back of the coach, onto the distant receding hills. For a moment, they were open. Then they dropped— and he let his head fall forward, and to all intent joined his neighbors in sleep. It seemed to her that everyone on the coach slept, as if they'd all celebrated the night before and were catching up on their rest here. The drunk was a big man, dressed in eastern clothes with a hard hat on his round dark head. The hat canted to an angle as he slept, and when after a time he roused, he made no effort to straighten it. He fumbled diligently through a pocket and found a pint bottle better than half full and worked out the cork. 
Then, turning, he saw her glance upon him and grinned. There was something in the grin that frightened her, a wolfish gloating in the prominent black eyes that made her flesh crawl. Hello, cutie, he extended the bottle. I must have been snowed when I got on not to see you. Have a drink. She shook her head. No, thank you. Ah, come on, don't give me airs. Goldfield ain't no place for airs, and you can have a worse friend than Dick Butler. She turned her head away. He reached out, his heavy fingers clutched her shoulder, and he pulled her around. You didn't hear me, I guess. Take a drink. He shoved the bottle into her face. The next instant, it slid from his hand and fell into her lap, spilling whiskey across her gray skirt. She gasped, straightening as the alcohol soaked through the cloth, wetting her skin, and drew away.